1: to the WP Tonic Friday Roundtable show. It's a live broadcast, which you can join at every Friday at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time on the WP Tonic Facebook page. And you can even leave some comments. We've got a great panel. I've returned, as they say, for my vacation in Blighty. Um, Cups of teas and full English breakfasts. But John, my great... Former co host did a great job and thank you so much, John. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves, and we've got some great stories and articles about WordPress and the internet in general to discuss in this episode. I'm going to let Chris, um, what is it? Chris uh, Badger, Chris to introduce himself.
2: I'm Chris Badger from Lifter LMS, which is a WordPress tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses. I also have a podcast for course creators called LMS Cast, and I'm one of the organizers of this year's WordCamp Portland, Maine, which is on November 3rd.
1: So you become a bad boy, have you?
2: Yep, pretty much. Oh,
1: oh there you go. Uh, i got Sally returning. Sally, would you yep. like to quickly introduce yourself?
3: Sure. My name is Sally Getch. My business is WP Fangirl, <clears throat> and uh, I build custom Genesis sites for <clears throat> growing businesses and non-profits that want a site that actually does something for their business instead of just looking pretty.
1: Mm, also, I, just,
3: I have the world's most needy cat.
1: Yeah, I'm just watching it. Yep, I'm fascinated. Um, Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself?
4: <laughs> sure, thanks. Uh, Spencer Foreman from WP Launchify and we help business owners who are looking to launch or build a profitable
0: WordPress membership site.
1: And John, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: My name's John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design and SEO. We help manufacturing and industrial firms with SEO.
1: Great. And um, I'm Jonathan. Jonathan Denwood, the founder of WP Tonic. We help you with your learning management system or your membership dream. We will take all the strain of getting everything set up for you. Um, straight into the stories. Um, it's happening, folks. It's the big event. It's the big fight. It's the big whatever. WordPress 5.0 slates for November 19th 2018. The day of judgment has arrived, folks. What's going to happen? i will go to let Spencer start off with this. What do you reckon, Spence?
4: <laughs> this is like the, the Y2K thing. I feel very similar to it's around November, December, 19, 1999. I'm sitting around with a shovel in my backyard, trying to dig a hole, get some cans and water stashed away. This, this in the WordPress world, I think it's going to be a big fart sound is what's going to happen. It's (laughs) because no reasonable person could do like November 9th. We've already covered this or 19th. We've covered this as that. So personally I've prepared my cans and stockpiles for anybody I know by putting in the plug-in to block this thing from ever interfering with the workflow, and I'm just going to like tune it out until after the new year, and we'll see what happens. I will say that just to be fair, I went back and played again yesterday before the show with the, the Gutenberg, and it's okay, but it's painfully hard to use when you're used to using anything else in the entire universe. Like I, I found myself just like trying to drag something, and I'm just like, launching nothing. So, I don't know who they're kidding, but I mean, this is like a crayon and a white piece of paper compared to Adobe Photoshop or something like that.
0: Yes. Um, What do you reckon, John? Uh, Well, I mean, it's an interesting decision to uh, launch it right around Thanksgiving in the US, and you've seen some apologists online saying, yes, but... But no matter when you launch it, there's going to be a holiday, but let's face it that most of the people that are using WordPress are in the U.S. And yes, it's global, but uh, uh, honestly, it's just so they can get it in before WordCamp U.S. and they can have like an Apple keynote moment. Look, Gutenberg, it's in the editor, it's in Core. So um, it'll be interesting to see because we'll see how many people are actually aware of Gutenberg uh, and, and we'll see how the actual 95% of the people who aren't in the WordPress community and listening to podcasts and reading the Tavern um, actually respond to this. We'll, we'll find out real quick.
1: Yeah, what, what do you reckon, Chris? What do you reckon?
2: Uh I believe it's up to them, you know, in their own leadership style to decide when to pull the band-aid off. And if if November's the time, that's their decision. And I think we said on this show that we I think almost unanimously, maybe maybe not, we thought it wasn't gonna happen this year at all. Like no chance. But now it looks like it's happening. Um so we're about to come into contact with reality. Uh so I'm just optimistic. I'm hoping for the best. I think they the, the great thing is is because there's been so much debate around all of this, there is an opportunity for people like Spence was saying to toggle things off, uh, you know, just keep using the classic editor. There's there's like an easy way, if you don't want to deal with it, you don't have to. If you want to lean in and start using it, you can. Um, I do th- see WordPress as really a global thing. Um, and some of the date concerns, it's up to people, you know, uh, what they celebrate or whatever. There's It's like having a baby. There's never a convenient time to have a baby. Um, so I'm kind of like the, the time and the fact that it's around Thanksgiving or Christmas, it, it doesn't really bother me that much. I know as an entrepreneur... Because
1: it doesn't bother you because you're the CEO. Your technical <laughs> lead He's in his basement, isn't he? How, how are you going to give him extra turkey for dealing with all this shit?
2: Well, we've already been dealing with it. We've been preparing for it. We've been like... Getting in position to leverage the opportunity and leverage hooking into Gutenberg and all that stuff. So this conversation has been going on for a long time. And I will say, just as an entrepreneur, I remember many times, especially in my earlier days, where I'm working on Christmas Eve, I'm working on Thanksgiving. It's not something I would wish on my on the society or put on my team as an expectation. But I've been there where I just I just had to get it done, and it it fell on me to do it. But I do I also empathize with the concerns of people. Who do have valid concerns around their team members who handle technical support? You know whether those are WordPress plugin companies or agencies. Are you going to, to buy him some money. extra?
1: T- are you going to buy him some extra turkey?
2: <laughs> I mean, all, all I'm saying
3: <laughs> is he, he lives out in the wild. <laughs> he could shoot them some turkeys.
2: <laughs> it should be worth it. I think at the end of the day, that's the big. We, we shall see. But if it's worth, is a you know. Yes, it's at that time of year. I tell
1: you one thing, Chris, if I was your technical partner, i expect a wacky big turkey and some booze as well. But there we go. Uh, um, I don't know what your relationship with Thomas is, but there we go. Um, Sally, what do you reckon? Well,
3: you know, I, I made a joke when I saw the news that, that it was a typo. It, it, it wasn't supposed to be November 19th, but November 2019. Um, and uh, a lot of people have have uh, liked that comment. It's it, it seems sudden and soon, uh, and I really I sympathize particularly with the people who are worried about uh, Black Friday and e-commerce uh, because that's a that that's a, a huge a huge thing and not a time when you want your store to go down. And I think there are probably people who have Black Friday sales who have no idea what Thanksgiving is. They just know people buy stuff on that day. Um, But overall, I'm really excited about Gutenberg. And I think, you know, they've got a fallback date. I think that if they realize, yeah, this is just like not working uh, they will postpone it and there will be, you know, uh, some uh, mild disappointment in some quarters and, and some uh, relief in others. Uh, and, you know, they, I mean, they've already set up, a, you know, a fallback date for January, which seems considerably uh, more reasonable and, and like a better time to to go ahead with it. And I'm sure that in terms of Available features and stuff you can do and all of the cool stuff that's coming out and themes that are leveraging this and the you know five thousand commits I've seen in the um, Genesis uh, uh, repo for adding uh, Gutenberg compatibility to Genesis uh, you know there's going to be plenty to show at wordcamp us if uh, Gutenberg isn't actually uh, you know in core and, and 5.0 hasn't shipped
1: Oh. Radio, I, I, I'm tempted to say something, but I'm not going to. I'm in. Mean, oh, <laughs> God. You've got a changed man. Oh, thanks a lot, Spencer. Um, I'm, I'm ill. I'm, I'm a bit under the weather. I've got the, been fighting the, the disease since I've come back. Um, on to the next one. What have we learned from Google? Uh, um, it's the 20th anniversary of Google?
3: yeah I can't tell whether what I think is that all or already.: um,
1: Pardon, you lost me. I'm sorry
3: I, I mean I, it, 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 it's like uh, various anniversaries that, that, that come up, uh, uh, but it's sort of like, you know, wow, is it already 20 years? or you know, but also, is it only 20 years? Um,
1: Why don't you ask Google?
3: yes, Google seems like it's existed forever, and yet I can perfectly well remember using Alta Vista and some of those other search engines that that predated it but the the article is interesting in, yes in the in the way that it talks about you know how Google's approach to uh, content and and data managing managing and uh, determining I- importance and so on and and so forth has really shaped the entire way that we build websites and you know i think i heard, first heard about search engine optimization as a thing somewhere in the early to mid 2000s and you know back in the days when you could still like have a uh, uh, text in the background color to uh, uh, <coughs> you know put keywords in and and uh, you know, meta keyword tags were still a thing. Um, so it's, uh, it's interesting to, uh, to reflect on that. Uh, in addition to the, you know, the more recent creepier things about, you know, Google is following you everywhere. And, you know, when my husband and I are in the grocery store, his phone is like saying, hey, looks like you're in Trader Joe's. Want to, you know, take a picture or write a review?
1: um I don't know, I'm, I'm sorry, Sally. Chris Chris put something into Slack and it totally threw me. I think he suggested there's actually some poor souls actually listening to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I totally apologise. This is totally Dan and Chris's fault. What do you reckon, Chris? Uh, um, what do you reckon about this 20-year Google? It's just really interesting. It seems to have gone so quick and they're... Total dominance or, or on almost every aspect of the web is, it just kind of put it into focus. To so I
2: heard, a, uh, I heard a interview with Mark Cuban, the entrepreneur a while ago. And I remember I took to heart one thing he said once about, you know, somebody was asking him like, how, why are you a billionaire or whatever? How do you become a billionaire? And he said one word, he said ubiquity. And that word has always stuck with me. Like if you see a smartphone in every home, you see trash bags in every home. You see laptops in most a lot of homes. Um, Google is just totally, totally ubiquitous, and so that's just interesting, just from a scale perspective. And I don't think we really understand. I heard Jason Jason Cohen at WP Engine one time say, "We don't." It's really hard for any person to grasp how big the internet is, and you know he was talking about that and deciding to go after you know, word managed WordPress hosting and how big WordPress is, you know, as a big piece of that. Uh, so I find that interesting. Also uh, the fact that, you know, certain brands get dominance when they, they like turn into a verb, like I'm going to go Xerox that, or uh, I'm, I need to get a Kleenex, but there's all these different brands. And like yeah, Google. It sucks
3: for your trademark protection, but yeah. uh, it, it is. Uh,
1: That's a great point.
2: It's it, it, a big indicator. It, 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 Yes. Yeah. You've really won when you've done that. I don't think anybody's ever going to say, I'm going to go lift or that or something like that. <laughs> so I think I lost my chance to, to get a, a verb. But um, anyways, I just find it interesting where with Google on the journey, I find the, the transition from page rank to knowledge rank really fascinating. And ideally, if Google's um, mission is to organize the world's information, which is kind of what the human brain does to organize and make sense of what's going on around us.
1: Do you reckon so?
2: Ultimately, uh, the Google is getting closer and closer. The merging of infotech and biotech. You know,
1: what, and what about closer. what about Trump supporters
2: though? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of different ways of interpreting and uh, types of information. Yeah. So I, I do think we're in a point in time, just as infotech and biotech are getting closer. And the machines are getting smarter. And, for example, I was listening to a podcast the other day about some guy who does paid YouTube ads and how his algorithms <laughs> are now doing better than any employees he could ever hire to optimize ads. So this is this is just the beginning of a new era where there's just a lot of disruption powered by data and intelligent AI.
1: Yeah, it always fascinates me. You know, you've got all these people saying, oh, everybody's going to be replaced. But the problem is if nobody earns any money... They can't buy the frigging stuff anyway. So it's a bit of a self-destructive prophecy, really, is it?
2: Well, well you... universal basic income oh, is yeah. a thing. I mean, that's a whole other conversation we can have.
1: Yeah, but... there, I apologize to my listeners and viewers. That That's totally down. I'm going to strictly keep to yeah. the topic, <laughs> actually. Um, Spencer, um, what do you reckon?
4: I, I'm going to pull a couple things out in the same... Territory of what Chris just covered, but I want to throw in your universal income part, not to say that that's the political goal of anything, but rather there's this phrase I love that it's an old phrase that says like to, you know, to somebody with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <clears throat> I remember sitting around in my PJs in 1997 or 99 or whatever this number is that when, when it was Alta Vista, Excite and, you know, flash websites hadn't been invented and I was in real estate and even like that stuff was not really quite fully online. Google changed everybody's ability to think about where to pour their stuff. And that verb, which I love really is true. Certain businesses who acted in that way at a certain time could leverage the, I became this thing, right? Like I'm now known by a verb, by somebody typing it in Google. My feeling is, is that where we're going to change is not that Google itself is going to continue forever, but rather it's the issue in the article about the accumulation of data. When we no longer have screens in front of us and we're no longer typing things, but rather we're interacting with a voice in our refrigerator or our car or in our head. And it says, what's the best something, or how do I go here or there? The problem is we lose that in. Human ability to actually decide for ourselves, and now we've become sort of the victim of whatever the device we're connected to is telling us is the best thing, and that's where somebody gets to decide what nail our hammers are going to hit, right? And I don't know if we'll have choice for that, and I don't know I mean, whether. Or not I think, you I think
1: what you're saying is Amazon's an evil empire.
4: Not, a, I'm not saying it has to be nefarious, but I think that this does bring up the issue in the article, which is. Who's the master of our choice? Who is the one that decides what we should see? So Gabriel Weinberg at DuckDuckGo has proven that there's an alternative to Google. It's like a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the market, but it's a multi-million-dollar company now for people whose priority is not to submit to this particular system. I, for one, just total disclosure, I have no problems with Google knowing everything about my life because I live my life in the web like everybody's going to see it anyway. But there are people who don't want that choice. Anyway, to the point, what I've learned in 20 years is, and Sally made a reference, which I'm 52 this year. As I get older, every day is a smaller fraction of my life. So I sometimes go through two months and can't remember if that happened yesterday or like five seconds ago. I think it's a you know a 10-year-old, a 5-year-old, a 2-year-old has a greater proportion of every day to their life. So when I think of how fast this happens... I'm blown away because I know I'm going to blink my eyes and we're not going to have keyboards. We're not going to have screens. We're just going to be all doing some kind of Harrison Ford movie existence. And all of this data that's being collected is going to be important. But I just can't tell you whether or not it's going to be like happy or dystopian. It really has a lot to do with the choices we make today, including in the political realm. And to wrap it up, that whole idea of minimal economy All the choices that are happening today are about what in 1999 was the way to make money. Now, as we're in 2019 or soon to be 2019, I think a lot of people are saying, look, if I can't adapt and come up with a new skill set that is not an AI robot competing skill set, if I'm not a 52-year-old who can learn how to do some skill that's needed by the systems that are in place today, it's a harder life than if I can. So I think we're going to have to address that. Politically and sociologically, like, what is it that people who aren't capable of adapting can do with themselves? And are we going to support them? Are we going to give them some way to sustain themselves? Because the factories and the lifting jobs I saw yesterday, and I'll be done. There was a robot in Japan that, you know, looks like a human that was lifting up drywall, putting it up on a wall, and screw gunning it into place, which was traditionally a job required a kind of skilled laborer to do. We're going to replace a lot of manual labor stuff but we won't ever change what people want to do from a people standpoint. You still ultimately have some reason why. I mean, why do I need to be verbed or Googled? It's because I'm doing something with a human-to-human interaction, not just necessarily mechanical. Okay, sorry, I had a little coffee before. That was a long
0: time. That was fine. What do you reckon, John? What do you reckon? No, Spencer and Chris made some great points uh, as far as that. The economy is changing, and a lot of it is informational. And technology and AI based robots are going to replace, they are replacing a lot of the jobs that existed 40 or 50 years ago. And so I think there needs to be retraining and just like kind of a, a cold look in the mirror of, of a lot of places where, it, you know, the jobs that you had 50 years ago are not going to exist anymore, not in your region, not anywhere in the world. So some places are doing retraining like that. Whether it's teaching coal miners how to do uh, solar jobs or teaching them how to, you know, program, whatever it is, uh, there needs to be an adaptation. Uh, so tying it back into this article, one of the things that it mentioned is Facebook, Amazon, all these other entities, all these other organizations that use entities as a, a means of connecting the dots, like uh, consumer behavior. Whether that's you or me, they, they analyze how we're connected to other things in the world. They owe a lot of that to Google because they were kind of the a pioneer in that. And that's the way like uh, most of these technology uh, companies are at this point. But the way that this article closed out is they were talking about the congressional hearings of how data was manipulated. In recent news, like here, uh, over in the UK, uh, different places, uh, I, I do think that there needs to be some sort of regulation at some point. And I think at some point it might be forced on these companies uh, because it's a lot of data and a lot of information to be held onto with no one you know, saying you know, how you can use it, whether it's for good or for evil. Now, Google says don't be evil, but at the same time, they're agreeing to go and work in China, uh, censoring out certain results because they want to get that money. And that definitely sounds like it's a little bit evil to me. Uh, I think the big reason why a lot of these tech giants have not been regulated up to this point is that's a lot of the economic growth and GDP growth is in the tech sector. I think at some point there's going to be some regulation on that. But I do think it's fascinating how um data is being collected by all these entities and all these tech giants and and basically they can profile you and 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 anybody else and just how far AI is advancing because of that so
1: yeah I think there's so many um it's i think you touched all three of you have touched um kind of a a theme through our discussions in the past six months. You know, I was listening, I was listening to um, a podcast from um, Sam Harris. It's episode 138, The Edge of Humanity. And I'm going to butcher his guest's name. uh, Yovel Noah Harari. I think that's how you He's written a number of books. I probably totally destroyed this guy's name. Uh, um, But he's a, a futurist. Um, but it, it was a great discussion. Um, what the but I think the main thing I get from what you've just said, John, is that, you know, in Britain, you know, the Industrial Revolution, you had a lot of people that were craftspeople, and their craft was kind of semi-destroyed, their living, because machinery could do things a lot cheaper, and they were forced into... Um, factories and their actual independence and their actual um, wealth was reduced. But then you had a growing middle class who owned the factories or supervised the workers. And we could be going through a similar phrase now. What some people seem to be suggesting is it's going to even be greater, where um, what Spencer was hinting that you reskilled. What in this episode of Sam Harris's episode seems to suggest you won't have that opportunity is that artificial intelligence is not just manual work. It's a whole area um, that almost 80% of the population will be replaced. Um, So I don't know how that will work out. What do you reckon, Sally?
3: Well, you know, I've heard a lot about the... AI stuff uh, recently. And I think, yes, there will be people who are put out of work and who have to find a different thing to do. But there are also a lot of people who are finding it allows them to be more productive in the work that they're doing because they can let the machine take care of repetitive, tedious stuff. And, and face it, all of us have talked about you know marketing automation and setting things up so where if it's a task that needs to be repeated frequently, you want to automate it. And, and this is a kind of more sophisticated uh, way of doing that. And so I think for some people, you're going to end up with a job where you get to focus more of your time on more interesting things and you can do more. And for other people, uh, you know, it's going to mean you have to, you know, you have to learn new skills. Or you're going to be out of a job, and this is what's happened with manufacturing in the U.S. That almost all of it is actually now done by robots and not people on assembly lines.
1: Well, is it really, Sally? Really, isn't the truth is that some of it is, but almost the bulk of it was just transferred to China.
3: Well, a lot of it was moved to was moved to China, but there's you know there's actually more manufacturing done in America now than there was in the '70s. It's just, it does not involve as many humans.
1: Yep. I'm, thinking, I'm going to go for a break and I, I apologize because I think I've moved this off topic as I do, but I think it touched a lot of interesting stuff. Um, so we're going to go for a break, but before we go for a break, I'm going to talk about one of my sponsors and that's Kinster Hosting. And Kinster, what can I say about them? I host the WP Tonic website on them and i've been totally happy i think they're much better value and a much better um than wp engine that's my that's my personal opinion um they're big enough to have all the technology but small enough to care i wish they would use that tag phrase i think it's quite good actually Uh, um and what do they offer they literally offer everything staging site all the latest versions of php you can select what version if you're looking for a quality host for your clients' websites, go to Kinsta. If you're looking for a quality hosting provider for your own membership website or what e-commerce, go to Kinsta. Have a look at their plans. We're going to go for a break, folks. We'll be back in a few
0: moments. If you want to spend more time making money online, then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay, sign up with WP Tonic today. That's WP tonic.com, just like the podcast.
1: We're coming back. I've resisted on jumping the shark completely. Uh, um, uh, I've kept some control of myself. Uh, On to the next story WP Simple Pay joining Sand Hills Development. And I thought to myself, what the fuck is Sand Hills Development? And I realized it's old. You didn't know? I've been a bit of a fog this week dealing with all the stuff that I didn't do through my holiday. Um, Chris, what did you, you thought this was a good story. What did you like about it?
2: Uh, I know Phil Dirksen from um, WP Simple Pay, um, and I know Pippin from Sandhills Development. I always like seeing great people that I respect with great products getting together to innovate together. Um, I just think it's a good move. Also Phil Dirksen has sold WordPress product businesses before that he started. He's a a very interesting and smart guy who does like who has that kind of rare blend of marketing and development and business building chops kind of all wrapped up into one person, which is cool. I've I've been impressed at how big WP Simple Pay has gotten, I I don't have the, it's a freemium model. I don't know the uh, exact download count on the free version, but it's a great product. And um, if we look at the maturation of the WordPress ecosystem, it's only natural for a company like Pippins, which has the flagship product, Easy Digital Downloads, to acquire another e-commerce player in the space in the same way that Awesome motive, side, Balki's company with WP Forms recently acqu- acquired another form product. It's the exact same thing in a in a maturing um, ecosystem, and I'm just happy to see uh, two great products and two great founders and their teams get together.
1: What do you think Pippin decided to buy? It? What does he get for for buying it?
2: Strategically, I think. Uh, a lot of, like, if you just look at what's the vanilla strategy, usually it's a user acquisition strategy. So, I mean, Pirate Forms that Syed just acquired had 300,000 install, active installs of the form plugin. The free WP Forms has, I think, almost a million. So, like, in one acquisition, Syed was able to increase his market share by 30% or whatever. So it's that's just the plain strategy. There's, there's I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but it's... Um, yeah, that's the that's just the basic strategy there.
3: Well, knowing <laughs> Kippen, he may write a nice long blog post about it because he's st- <clears throat> done a lot of that about the progress of his business.
2: He's very transparent. Yeah, he'll he'll. That's that's a good point. It's probably Alex. typing as we
1: speak. Shh. What do you reckon, Spencer?
2: I mean, it's a,
4: this is a no-brainer. Um, we're all hypothesizing Pippen's motives, but it seems really clear. The big competitor Wait, clear is...
1: for you? You're bright, so the big...
4: mean well, I'm going to illuminate it from my brain out. Okay. Uh, the big competitor is WooCommerce. That's it. Enough said. It's WooCommerce and easy digital downloads. Then there was all the rest, including SimplePay. I don't know SimplePay's motives, but the next person up the ecosystem makes more sense to partner with, become part of, I, I suppose, be acquired. Now you're competing at a greater strength when all the Davids get together to fight the Goliath. Ta-da! And it's good for everybody because we don't really need that much fragmentation. I think that's another symptom of the maturation of the WordPress economy. Uh, Some of the people here and I have had conversations about collaborating and you know that we work with other ones like WP Fusion. It really makes sense for a lot of the smaller players, the agencies, the service providers, the coders, to find somebody with whom you can have a symbiosis. And this has been true from day one. So I think it's smart. It makes sense. And it's good for everybody. There's no drama associated with it either, which
1: is nice. No drama. God WordPress. No drama. Oh, my God. What do you reckon, John?
0: Pippin continues to uh, simply and humbly and strategically be one of the best businessmen. Uh, business people in the wordpress economy and i think this is a great move as chris and spencer both pointed out i think it's uh i think it's a good move for you know simple pay to join one of the giants i think uh sand hills they get another team member who's you know already built a successful plugin and plus they get another person who can add to their developmental team i think it's a great move so
1: yeah, he looks younger and younger. It's probably because I look more haggard than haggard. That's, <laughs> that's probably, isn't it? But he does look, he always, look. when I first met him, I thought, this geezer looks like 12. <laughs> I just don't get it. Robert, uh, he, he seems to do more in a day that I managed to achieve in a, like six months. So I just, I just don't get it. But there we go. Uh, um, on to the next story. Um, Oh, God, poor old, they're not poor, I keep saying that. I should have any sympathy for these cockroaches at all, should I? um, 15 million Facebook user accounts hacked. Oh, dear. Uh, um, Who's going to start off with this? What do you reckon, Sally? Well, you
3: know, um, we were on a plane when this happened, and and, uh, I try not to use Facebook. Uh, at all, although I do have an account. Uh, But my husband is on Facebook or Messenger or both, like, continually. So there we are on the plane, you know, with the Southwest Wi-Fi, and Stefan keeps getting booted out of Facebook, and he's wondering, like, what the heck is going on? I don't know, and, you know, it was, like, the next day after we got back that we realized that, that Facebook had kicked everybody out because they were being forced to reset their passwords and all of this, and it's like, well, yes, just in case you thought, Facebook might be trustworthy. Um, I mean, you know, they did. I got messages saying, hey, you need to update your Facebook profiles. And my uh, password program said, hey, you need to update your Facebook password, which is, you know, um, great for me. But, you know, I happen to have stored Facebook passwords for a couple of my clients. And it's like, well, I- I'm not going to go and change them and have my client locked out. They're going to have to do that. Um so, I mean, you know, these things do happen pretty much everywhere, but Facebook is, you know, uh, it's kind of another indicator of uh, why we should be wary of Facebook.
1: i tell you, the, um, the aspect of this story that um, kind of focused my interest is that these things do happen, you know, you know, you know, it, you can run a real tight ship, but when you're dealing with this amount of data, but the thing that really kind of piqued my interest was they when you're setting up and setting up your Facebook account, and you don't want you don't want to give them your um, telephone number, but then if you set up two-factor or on their system, you obviously got to put a phone number in. And what they were doing was when he did that, they were still sending the phone number to their appetite. Anybody that would give them money, they were just sending it. And I thought that really is the sign of the cockroaches that you are. <laughs> and I, I make money from Facebook, and I, you know, I set up. You now I've kind of WordPress and Facebook. And that's like the two main areas where I make money, really. Uh, um, but I've got no delusions. But I thought that. That is really a cockroachy kind of symptom, really. What What do you reckon, Spencer? Uh, you know, I
4: just decided to save a lot of time. So on uh, my website now, I just typed all my passwords out for all social media. I just leave them out there, mm-hmm. so it just saves you know saves a step. <laughs> uh, I mean, why why fight the inevitable? Just they're all giving out your passwords anyway, mm-hmm. so. I took down my adult film star information and yeah. I took down all the you know things that will get me arrested by the FBI and I just said here's all the passwords have fun. Go, go Let on. me know maybe they can manage my social profiles better than I can. That's what I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, but they, they know if you know seemingly you know by getting that data they can influence every aspect of your personality and life can't they spend so they can make you Again, both. from what
4: I've been told might be an improvement over how I've been doing with my personality so far, so
2: <laughs> yourself included.
1: All right, probably uh, into it. Uh, what do you reckon, Chris?
2: I have a little, just different comment about the whole thing. So when I when I looked at it, and I was thinking about what if my Facebook account got compromised? You know, I have you know four thousand person Facebook group. I have ads running. I don't. I don't do a lot of Facebook personal stuff, but I do use it for business. How hard would it be for me to like recover my account? And so in that investigation through Googling and checking out the Facebook site and everything, like there's really no way to get in touch with Facebook. No, so if I was well, Actually,
1: if you need some help, I actually got a phone number for an actual human being in Facebook. So if you ever need any help.
2: Well, I'll, you probably I'll, had I'll, to go to Great Links to get that. And it's just not easy to find. And I think that days are numbered for companies like Facebook, Google, YouTube, PayPal, whoever it is, it's like really hard to get a hold of when there's a problem. Even if they have a free service, they're making money. You know, they they need to have customer support, especially around security issues and identity theft issues. So I think all these companies need to just take that more seriously and um, you know, have a a user first, you know, some empathy there when it comes to what it's like to be on the receiving end of identity theft and seeing somebody traping around the internet doing damage with your account, which luckily hasn't happened to me, but I think all tech companies need to take that issue very seriously and especially the big ones.
1: I thought that was a great point because they, they, it really is painful to, you know, that they, they do their best to avoid. That, that should give you some idea of their attitude, really. They make it as hard as possible for their users to get hold of them <laughs> in any shape of What more do you need to know, really? Uh, what do you reckon, John?
0: Yeah, see, the thing that's not good about this Facebook oh. breach, 50 million user accounts, Yeah, I mean, and who knows if that's even the real number, uh, so you should probably change your password, but this also affects other... Uh, apps that you might have logged into facebook with as as well that's not good um I, I don't know that facebook continues to be the dominant social network uh 5 years from now i i, I just so much stuff about facebook is is just not good um and tell, stuff yeah just stuff like I tell
1: you a that. little story i, uh, I was I, i've been on vacation and i've been using a lot of Wireless networks that I don't normally use. Mm -hmm. And I was in, I was, the last one was in Heathrow. And afterwards, I get this email sent to me by this Russian, wherever he said, I know your password. Do, 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 do. And we know that you've been to these porn sites and Oh one
3: we, of my clients got
1: got that. We, well, I go. We're gonna make your life terrible, We're gonna yeah. send it to your wife and girlfriend. And I was so say I thought, <laughs> should I encourage this bad behavior and no point in sending this email to law enforcement because they will not be able to. Blah blah blah. This, this
0: yes, is,
3: the, the hilarious part about it this, was this the, that sweet. my client, my client who got this, is a sex therapist. <laughs> so I, I don't think actually she would be in the least <laughs> concerned about somebody saying she'd been to porn sites. But I did explain that yes, she should change all of her passwords. Uh, and uh, and she's like all of them. I'm like, yes, it's time to start using a password management program that can generate like real passwords because most of hers are like hack. Please hack me.
1: Um. Yeah, and he was saying, and I thought, should I reply to this in my English sarcasm? But I thought, in the end, I, I thought I shouldn't encourage it. But I was so tempted to say to him, yeah, I like women. So what? I like, I like women, and I like going out with them. And I like, you know, what's terrible about it. But then I thought to myself, why waste your breath? There you go, on to next No,
0: thing. no, from what I've heard, if you reply to stuff like that, then they just spread your email around to other yeah,
3: yeah it, it confirms that your email is real, and so you don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, mustn't encourage this bad behavior. I just yeah. feel sorry for the poor people that actually answer it, don't you? There we go. On to the next one. Um, do you need to not know React as, your word, as a WordPress developer? And, um, um, oh God, I've gone blank. I thought it was a good article from a good source. What do you reckon, Sally? Uh,
3: it, you know, I read this, and it was... Uh, encouraging to me because my JavaScript is terrible. Never mind uh, React, and um, <clears throat> it, you know what it basically says is: well, there are certain things that you are yes going to have to know React for. It, you know, if you want to do more advanced stuff, you will have to know it. Uh, but for a lot of things, no, you don't have to know it, or you only have to learn. You know, a few. Uh, of the functions that WordPress has, you know, created wrappers for. And and frankly, that's basically the way I learned PHP. You know, I learned a few WordPress uh, functions, and then I realized that, you know, uh, some of these (coughs) actually relied on actual PHP and and went through that. And, you know, that's probably the way I'm going to end up learning React because I do not uh, have the... uh, time and, and attention to sit down and and really just dig into it
1: you mean you, mean you got you got the time to sit down for a 25 hour plus course on react
3: i'm afraid not i hardly have time to sit down and and uh, do and do the work my clients pay me for
1: oh god shock horror but it was from josh pollock you know he's been on the show he's a great lad so got a lot of time for josh and he laughs at my English jokes, so he's a good lad, isn't he? <laughs> uh, um, so, Spencer, what did you think of this?
4: Uh, this is, a, this is a, a revisiting of a topic we t- covered a couple shows ago, which was...
1: Yeah, I can't promise you reaching out to part of this panel. No, it's fine, it's
4: all good. I like it. Right. Pick what hat you want to wear. The article's fine and the resources are good. I finally realized what happened to Zach Gordon, who I used to love from Team Treehouse, and then he disappeared. He was so unique. And now he does his own thing, it looks like. But I wondered what happened to him why he left Team Treehouse. Totally on another issue. I,
3: can I tell think you they stopped you. doing well, WordPress. I can you tell
0: it.
1: you why. You want to go and visit the WP yeah. Tonic and look at the episode let me, let, let, where let, we interviewed let, him to find out uh, information? I, I want
4: to know from John what happened to him. But my point is yeah. very simply this. Pick a hat. If you want to sell WordPress as a service to your clients, learn enough to be dangerous and don't learn React. If you want to be a developer and you want to go deeper, learn React. Ta da. I would like to know from John what happened to Zach yeah, Gordon. Sure. As an yeah,
0: so, and like I said, I've, I've met Ryan in early days in Treehouse and I met Zach um, at, at San Francisco 2014. The reason why is because they cut the WordPress program completely out of Treehouse. Their shift became to uh, selling, you know, like web development courses and, and things like that to countries and, you know, large enterprises, basically creating a pipeline of of workers who were qualified to do different web development and WordPress right. just wasn't on the agenda. So that's what, it wasn't just Zach. It was, uh, I think there might've been, he was like the lead WordPress guy. There was some other people that were uh, also doing some of the WordPress courses there, but just the whole program got cut around that time. So oh,
4: thank you. I mean, it's good news yeah. because there's sometimes there's another guy I can't think of now cause I'm having a brain moment, but there's a guy who reminds me of Zach's uniqueness who has a plugin in and he did a song, like, five years ago with this plug-in. He wrote and starred in his own... Like, Are you
2: thinking of Gravity View?
4: Gravity View, right.
1: Yeah.
4: And, and it's haunting him to this day. I haven't met him in person, but, like, it's, the song is still stuck in my head. And whenever I would watch Zach's videos, I was just fascinated to watch him because he's such a unique character in a great way, like, memorable character. So thank you for the update.
1: There we go. Got any, got any thoughts? I'm interrupting Chris typing. Have you got any thoughts, Chris, about this one?
2: I don't. I'm not a developer and I don't really get into the languages and the philosophy around them. I, oh. I use WordPress to solve business and education problems.
1: Hi, Um. I'm going to, there's a couple of things before we wrap this show up, folks, is that um, I want to do a bit of blatant self-promoting there. I just recently had a great interview with um, Peter Rogers, um, the founder of Engadget, the real digital royalty, as I say, digital royalty. Um, it's on the website now. Um, I would suggest you go and listen to it, folks. It was a great interview. And he will be joining us on the panel um, in October, hopefully. Uh, um, So that should be interesting. Uh, um, One of the brightest guys I've interviewed in a long time, actually. Capable of talking sense almost about any subject. Um, Another thing I would like to bring to the listeners and viewers, I've been listening to a great podcast um, from the BBC, and it's about tracking down Nazis uh, um, uh, um, which is quite interesting it's called the the rat the rat lane or something Um, I'll put it in the show notes folks and um, um, I suggest you if you're interested in history and a really fantastic podcast, you go and listen to it because I'm fascinated. It's got this English barrister that is a human rights barrister and he, he's tracking down one the history of one particular very sophisticated, highly educated Nazi that managed to butcher over a million people, uh men, women and children in the in the most what 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 is so chilling about it is he's got his letters he's got a whole selection of letters to his wife, and he, they're talking about the most benign things in these letters to his two children and his wife, and in the same things. Well, yesterday I bo- I had a hundred Polish people executed, and <laughs> in the same breath as they're talking about their garden, uh, um. I, I,
3: That's
1: right. Yes, I, I, I put a little weed killer on the lawn. I put, a little, yeah, I put a little weed killer. Yeah, I a weed killer. We butchered a hundred people, innocent people, the day before, and I, I'm just um, and I'm just sending another fifty thousand poor souls to some godforsaken concentration camp to be butchered. Uh, um, the bin, the binarity of evil is quite breathtaking, actually. Uh, um, i happy, though, no. I thought I would do this podcast, but I thought you might be interested, listeners. So I'm going to let the panel um, tell you how you can find more about them. Sally, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to?
3: I am at Sally Getch on Twitter, and uh, <clears throat> you can find me at wpfangirl.com, and you can find the East Bay WordPress meetup at eastbaywp.com.
1: And Chris, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? And Thomas, you know, he doesn't see the daylight, does he?
2: He does. You can find us at com. We also have a Slack community. If you click on the Slack icon at the bottom of the site, that's how you can interact with Thomas. And we're also both going to be at WordCamp Portland, Maine on November 3rd. We're sponsoring the event. Thomas is going to be there at the table getting some sun. So... Check, check check me out on LMSCast, my podcast. And everybody here on the roundtable has been a guest on that show. So you can uh, find out more there at LMSCast.
1: That's great. And Spencer, how can people find out more about you and your thoughts?
4: Google me. No. <laughs> <laughs> com. If you have any questions about building a membership site
0: on WordPress.
1: There we go. And John, how can people find out more about you and what you're up
0: to? You can find out more about me at my website, which is LockdownSEO.com. And I'm going to pimp something too. You can go to my YouTube channel, just go on YouTube and uh, just Google hashtag LockdownSEO. There's a video I want you to check out. It's breaking down exactly how we do SEO audits here. It's 24 minutes of goodness uh i I think it's fascinating a lot of people don't talk about you know what they actually do or what they look for, so this is just step one of that and just yeah send us out.
1: send us the link and with a short uh, description,' and make sure it's in the show notes and the same view, and the same you Chris, if you've got a spare moment, send us details a little blurb about the um the WordPress. um Oh God, I can't. Even yeah, talk here. and gotcha. um, and link, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Sorry, okay. um, Spencer's really cracking himself up because I I start. I, lo-
4: I such, love such a you're, you're, to me. Your, your brain is is still on the right side of the road instead of driving on the right side of the
1: road. Twenty four hours to get back right to the US. Your brain will be fried. Right <laughs> Uh, um, We're going to wrap it up now, folks. It's been a great show. Great panel. I really enjoy the Fridays um, round panel shows. Um, And we'll see you next week. Hopefully we have another round of great topics and a great discussion. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.